Okay, so anyone who knows me, and honestly, at this point, anyone who listens to the podcast, because I guess we've just (laughs) gotten real close around here, knows that I do not wear bras. And like, that's not some sort of an over-exaggeration. You can ask any of my friends. I truly do not ever wear bras. However, there have recently been some circumstances where like, I just have to. I've been saying yes to more things. I feel like we've been going to more events and there are just some outfits. I got to do it. And when I tell you I have finally found a bra that makes wearing one bearable. Like I'm never going to be an everyday bra wearer. It's not in the cars for me. But when I have to, the only bras I can wear are skims, which I'll get into the specific ones in a second, but we all know this comes as no surprise. Like I have been an OG diehard skims fan since day one. I am a fan of every single product they make. You know the way I feel about the underwear, the clothes, all of it. But now adding bras to the mix, specifically the Fits Everybody t-shirt bra, because You guys know the way I feel about the Fits Everybody collection. I could talk about that for forever, but specifically the t-shirt bra, it's just so comfortable. I don't know, the straps don't dig into you. It's probably the only bra I've ever worn where when I get home, I'm not like dying to take it off, which I cannot express how massive of a feat that is for someone like me. It's just comfortable and it just does what it needs to do. And I am such a fan, which like no surprise, I love everything Skims makes, but here to confirm the bras are as good as you would think that they are. Shop Skims Bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A through 46H. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. Hi guys, I'm Emma. And I'm Isabel. And welcome to another episode of Comments by Bravo. Hey, Is. Hi, Em. I am so happy that Lindsay and Carl finally confirmed this relationship to the world. Not because we didn't know. I know we've been aware of this for months, but it just feels like now that it's out in the open, it's a lot lower stakes. Totally. I'm with Summer House premiering on Monday. Smart timing. They're not stupid. Lindsay is in PR. She knows how this shit goes. But it just gets me even more excited. I can't wait for this season. I know it's going to be incredible. So this just really put me in the mood. I was listening to a little bit of an interview that Carl did, and he said towards the end of the season, you kind of get to see a little bit. So similar to how we discussed Craig and Paige, which I know we didn't really get on Winter House, the starting of the relationship that we wanted to, I think we will on Summer House. I know. I really hope so. I also have something else to say. I cannot go any longer. I want to thank everybody listening because 10 minutes after we dropped last week's podcast, Andy was doing a Q&A on his stories and he confirmed that there's going to be a Real Housewives of Miami reunion. And if you listened to last week's episode, I was completely spiraling in the middle of it that there wouldn't be a reunion. And hundreds of you sent me that slide and said, thank God, I know Isabel is so happy and you were right. I was so happy, so relieved. And I think they're like shooting it in the next week or two. And just thank God. And I know you all felt the collective sigh of relief. (laughs) If you were reading our DMs and you didn't understand the context, you would have thought that it was something really serious because the tone of people's messages were like, wow, I'm sure Isabel is so relieved. This is so wonderful. Like, I'm so glad. I'm so glad you got what you were asking for. And I'm like, what the fuck is everybody talking about? And then I start looking and it's, it's a screenshot of Andy's story. Hundreds of sent Andy Cohen's story, sent Andy Cohen's story, <laughs> sent Andy Cohen's. I was like, this is, you would have thought he, Andy posted a picture of me. Seriously. If he ever looked at his insights and shares, I bet the shares for that story were so high. Just thank you all for being on this journey with me. I had literally a mental breakdown in the middle of the podcast and I'm so glad we're in a new week with great news. <laughs> so the order we're going to do today is Salt Lake City, then Miami, then OC. But just one quick thing that I want to mention before we really get into Salt Lake City Obviously, as we all know by now, it was confirmed by Andy that Mary didn't show up for the reunion. And I think by that, we can kind of assume that she's out for season three of Salt Lake City. But I have to say, I really agree with what Andy said on SiriusXM when he was like, it's just a shame when a housewife does this because naturally then their narrative is told by people that they really don't want it to be told by. And so I get it from her perspective, but also it's like, just finish it out strong and go. I think there's just been too much going on that she didn't want to have to answer to. She, I just was looking at her Instagram also. She deleted it, but right after the reunion, she posted like a bunch of slides about how reality TV is so bad for you and it melts your brain and it's like the worst thing ever. 
just so what an interesting sort of clap back to all of it. But you're right. Now we're just going to hear all of the answers from everybody else. And I'm sure she won't like that either. It just, it's selfishly really disappointing, but I can't say I don't understand. It's not that I think that she wasn't fed up with the show in general, just some of the more kind of catty dynamics. But I think really what happened is that let's say these rumors are true or these allegations are real. I think that she's probably thinking, you know what? I really screwed myself because I had a good thing going. Nobody really knew. Nobody was questioning it. And I put myself in the public eye and now look at this shit. So I think that she's trying to almost do damage control in her own life as much as possible. And the less she has to talk about these allegations on a public scale, I think she probably feels like the better for her. Yeah, completely. I don't know. Wild. I mean, (laughs) what do you think she would have worn to the reunion? The looks just dropped today and they're definitely not subtle. That's what I'll say. I thought it was satire. I'm sorry. (laughs) Andy's stories from last week when he's talking to Jen Shaw and you don't see her, but you just hear him say, you know, this wasn't exactly what I was expecting you to wear. I guess I just wasn't envisioning these sparkly purple gloves given the subject matter. Like now when I saw the look, I understood his reaction. Right. Like knowing that that's what he was looking at, it all makes so much more sense. Yeah. Okay. You want to get into Salt Lake City? I do. I see the the first thing you have written on this outline is men playing golf together, hyphen. They literally wish they were Jersey. That's all I have to say. I know. No one does it like the Frank Catania, Joe Gorga. Even honestly, I know Dolores isn't dating him anymore, but even David in the mix with all of them, it's just more seamless. And Evan Goldschneider and Bill Aiden. What a funny fucking group. I miss them so much. Sorry, but you just saying Evan brought me back. Do you remember the, I would say, between five and eight minute breathing session we had last season when it was him in that collared shirt on the golf course? It was a little tight on his biceps and you and I were both getting physically hot while talking about it. Well, that's what I was kind of picturing when I saw this scene and it was a letdown. (laughs) He was in that chocolate brown shirt. Stop. They're coming back so soon. I know. Okay, so this thing with Seth's party. Why was everyone so confused why Meredith never considered inviting Jen? This is what I don't understand, honestly. And listen, the last three or so weeks, we've been saying that as much as we love Meredith, her behavior has been a little questionable, and I stand by that. But she could not have been more clear. She has said, she has literally screamed to them in their faces for the entirety of this season, basically, I kind of want nothing to do with her. I don't wish harm on her, but please don't invite me to something that she's going to be there for. So you think that when Meredith is throwing her own party, that rule is suddenly going to not apply? It almost was like, are you guys having a comprehension issue? I think maybe they got a false sense of hope because she made that one sort of kind of supportive, nice comment to Jen at Whitney's party about how everyone should be backing her up. And maybe they felt like that was the open door to their friendship or some sort of relationship being built or like an olive branch being extended when it wasn't. She was very clear, like, I'm not friends with her, but just as an outsider looking in, this is my perception of the issue. Well, the the reason that it was honestly kind of awkward was because realistically, Meredith wasn't extending an olive branch. She wasn't giving a compliment to Jen. Really what it was, was an insult to the other women. And I think in their eyes, in order to not internalize that insult and to not really look at the situation accurately, which is that they were kind of being shitty friends to Jen, they'd rather look at it of, wow, Meredith is randomly being so supportive. And it's like, she's not being supportive of Jen. She's just being critical of you guys. Right, right. The other thing is when Heather and Jen are at this spa and they're having a conversation about, you know, the feds coming to Beauty Lab and whether or not this has anything to do with Meredith or Mary's involvement, it's not that this theory needs to be written off completely. Like I said last week, I doubt it, but yeah, it's a little bit fun to consider. But the feds don't need Mary Cosby or Meredith Marks to know Jen's location. They have been tracking this woman. Right. It's literally the FBI. Right. That's what I'm saying. Like, do you know how, if I was the FBI, I would be like, you think that we need Meredith Marks on the case in order to find out what Jen's location? Like, it's embarrassing for them. No, I mean, all everybody does is make jokes about how good people are at stalking and you're going on a first date and you've already looked at the Zillow of their house and you know about their great aunt's 90th birthday party. Yeah, like we can dig and we can investigate like that. And everyone says, oh, she, my friends like the FBI. This is literally the FBI, okay? Like they can figure out where she is. And by the way, Being at one of her closest friends slash cast members' businesses is not like the biggest, 
game of Clue you could ever play. It's not like she was in some foreign country in a back alley. She was literally in her hometown at a place that she frequents. No, it, it, watching that conversation was really funny. And also, I know that this is kind of going out of order, but at the end, when the husbands revealed that they're sending them on this trip to Zion, a lot of people were speculating, was that location chosen because Jen was not able to leave the state? Oh, I think yes. Yeah. Okay, so when we're at Seth's actual party and Mary and Meredith are having this conversation in the corner, kind of just debriefing Whitney's party, there was a lot that went on here that I didn't agree with. But to start on, I guess, a more positive or a more accurate note, I did think that Mary's point that she made about how she believes Lisa to be jealous about Mary and Meredith's budding friendship, it pains me to say it, but I think that it was right. And I typically don't like the jealousy argument because I think that it's a cop-out and most times I think it's untrue, but I think that this particular relationship is very triggering for Lisa. I agree. I think it's because Lisa and Mary don't really get along or have their own friendship aside from Meredith. So that's intimidating, number one. And number two, like we always say, there was this narrative that Lisa and Meredith were thick as thieves and Nothing could get between them, and they had this sort of different other special relationship that's been going on for 10 years, and that's where their loyalty lied. Like, it was clear. So now, for the lines to start being blurred and there to be almost like a tangible representation of that in Mary, it could have been anybody. It just happens to be Mary. It's an indicator of where their relationship lies. But it being Mary makes it even worse. Honestly, at this point, I think that at this current moment, I wouldn't say the same thing season one, but right now where we are, I think that Lisa would almost prefer Meredith having this close of a relationship with Whitney. Whereas Mary is you know, her number one target right now, especially because Lisa, even though she wants to pretend that she's not, she's the one really that's feeding all of these allegations about Mary. So I think to Lisa, it's almost backfiring on her in a way. Because Lisa views Mary as like a bad person or she knows things about her that she doesn't like. So For her, it's like, really, Meredith, you're not only picking someone else over me in general, you're picking someone that I view as not a good person. That's even more of a low blow, I think, to her. You're right. Whitney or Heather, anyone else would be so much easier, someone that she at least really likes and respects and also has some sort of relationship with. Also, I know this was a different use of the good person, bad person thing, but I thought it was really interesting when Meredith said to Mary that she's sensing these little digs coming from Lisa. And she says, quote, even just saying she's maintaining a relationship with Jen because she's a good person. Does that make me a bad person? Which interesting little pickup there because now I'm putting myself in Meredith's shoes and I kind of see it as okay, is that just a straight dig, you know, straight like dagger and almost a passive aggressive comment coming from Lisa in her mind? I didn't see it that way. I guess like it's valid, but to me, it felt like a little bit of a stretch. Personally, that's how I felt. I don't really know how I feel about this because I can't tell if I'm projecting or if this is accurate. So I want to hear what you think, but I don't feel like Meredith is fully in on the relationship with Mary either. I think that there's a lot of things about the way some of these situations have gone down that she doesn't necessarily approve of, but I think that it almost is like between Jen and and Mary are the two situations at hand. I think that Meredith is happier to align herself with Mary at the moment. And so I don't know, there's a part of me that feels like she's clinging on to some things that aren't really even there. Yeah. I think Meredith isn't all in on this Mary friendship. Like I think Mary not being on the show and they'll drift. Like, I don't think they have some sort of crazy solid alliance and friendship, but I think right now it's sort of, is easier for them to be sort of a duo, have each other's backs, feel like they're aligned, even though maybe as people, they necessarily aren't, but in these certain situations, it's anti-gen is the number one motive. You know, a lot of people were really surprised by the way that Lisa and Meredith were acting at the birthday party as if nothing happened, but to me, there was no way that there were going to be any issues publicly there. Like, I think that for Lisa, going to an event with John specifically for Seth, which kind of in her mind, I think, represents this long, you know, family friend bond that they've had. I think even bringing an ounce of an issue would be her worst nightmare. No, this is her chance. She can show up, be so happy and cheery put on a good outfit, be the life of the party, make it a great day. And Meredith should go home and say, 
wow, Lisa was so fabulous tonight. You know, she had made the party what it was. And I think that that was really what was so important. And Lisa knew that she had that tool and her behavior and presence at this party could kind of sway Meredith in one way or another. Cause she's still like, we always say cares a lot about what Meredith thinks and wants her friendship, no matter if she's currently disagreeing with her or not at the end of the day, she does care a lot about Meredith being her friend. Oh, totally. And we'll get more into that in a second when they're on the van, but one quick side note, (laughs) when Whitney brings out that boot cake, it wasn't so much the actual act of the cake. Like I'm all for, you know, this lighthearted thing. If everybody thought it was funny, everyone was in on the joke, that's fine. But when it flashes back to all their previous clips, I was just like, (laughs) this is a little bit weird. We are not prude at all. Like, especially I would say when it comes to boobs and other people's boobs and talking about boobs. Like, we love that. But there's definitely a line. And those clips flashing back felt like a very, very big line cross. I just I just didn't like it. I mean, Whitney's such a good sport. And I think this was a funny way of saying, I'm okay with it. But also, like, it's a lot. You know, like she was saying, she basically was pointing out that you obsess about my chest. Yeah, I mean, you know, the thing that I always try to think of when like I'm looking at any of these is that if the couple is fine with it and if everybody involved is fine with it, then who the fuck are we to care about it? So if Meredith is fine with these remarks being made aside from Whitney, cause she just made her, her, you know, stance known. If Meredith is fine with it, then what does it matter to us? But I guess I was just putting myself in that perspective and like, it's one thing for my husband to admire the beauty of one of my friends. I'm all for that. But for him to then use that as the example of what he wants me to do with my body. I know it's all under a joking context and I'm sure it's fine and that it's not a thing for them, but it's just not my vibe for myself. Yeah. It was the comparison in front of so many people that I didn't like. If he was just admiring and talking about how great they are and how great they look fine, but it was then making it in a comparison and also like a pressuring thing to Meredith that rubbed me sort of the wrong way, but whatever. Teach their own, I guess. Teach their own, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. So I know we're all kind of operating at a different skill level when it comes to makeup. Like I have some friends who they do their makeup and it looks like they got it professionally done. I have others who know nothing about any products. And then I would say I'm somewhere in the middle, like by no means am I very skilled, but I think I can hold my own. And in terms of my everyday, I'm just doing mascara, lip gloss, and maybe a little bit of highlighter on my inner corner. So if I'm only using a few products, I need them to be excellent. And I've recently been very into the Thrive Cosmetics mascara, which I'll tell you about in a second, but just in general, a note on the company. For every product purchase, Thrive Cosmetics donates products and funds to help communities thrive, which I just love knowing that I'm buying from a company that does that. And in terms of their mascara, so it's the Liquid Lash Extensions Mascara. You guys have seen that. It's the viral turquoise tube. I've saw it all over social media before I ever started using it. And it's a unique formula that creates tubes around each eyelash to lengthen them. It's also super easy to remove. So it slides right off with warm water. It doesn't leave smudges. And the ingredients are really nourishing. So they support longer, stronger, and healthier looking lashes over time. It really just gets the job done. Like you will see what I mean when you try it. Refresh your everyday look with Thrive Cosmetics, luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 10% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com slash CBC. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash CBC for 10% off your first order. Apartments.com believes a dishwasher does more than just clean plates. It turns your whole place into a time machine by turning the time you would have spent washing dishes into extra time for you. That could mean more time to read, more time to knit, or more time to contemplate the vastness of time itself. With Apartments.com, finding somewhere to live with an elusive dishwashing slash time-expanding device is easy. And listen, we all have our non-negotiables in terms of what we really want when looking for an apartment. I know for me, natural light has always been really important. I just know myself and I am a happier person when I have that natural light throughout the day. And I also told myself that in my next place, I will definitely have a washer and dryer because you just can't beat that convenience. And I know it can be hard to find, but when you find it, I think it is so worth it. Apartments.com hosts the most rental listings with over 1 million available units. And with comprehensive search tools and instant alerts, you never have to worry about missing out on the perfect place. To find whatever you're searching for and more, visit apartments.com, the place to find a place. Okay, this bus ride. 
this fucking bus. No. <laughs> there's some, they pump something in the air. Like uh, that bus driver, I think his name is Kevin, had, has now driven them on both of these rides. Poor guy. This was not in his job description for sure. Hell no. I also really appreciated the level of snacks that were on this bus because while Jen is going- Boom Chicka Pop. I was about to say, while Jen is going absolutely fucking crazy, you see the Boom Chicka Pop bags just like (laughs) dangling silently in the background. They were literally full bags. And I'm like, oh, you guys are going to try to open those later and they're going to explode everywhere. Lightly kettle corn. I know, but I'm thinking to myself, this is such an intense moment. And if I were on that bus, I would have just loved a few little handfuls of the kettle corn as I'm watching this happen. Like if I were Heather or Whitney, I would have just <laughs> gently reached over Jen and been like, no, 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 continue. I just want to be my- <laughs> You know what the TikTok sound I have in my head? Mm-mm-mm, the flavors are melting in my mouth. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Me eating the boom chicka pop while I watch Jen and Lisa scream at each other. <laughs> I'm making that a meme. No, please make that a meme. And so somewhere in there also, we need to personify her white Gucci bag that was sitting there just like bouncing up and down. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So I don't know where to really stand on this because it's not that I have agreed with Lisa's behavior in its entirety. I haven't at all. I feel like we've come down pretty hard on her, but why all of a sudden is she the one that's responsible for Meredith's downfalls? It's like, I did not think that this was fair of Jen to do. Do you disagree? I I was so lost again, this whole way that we got to where we are because they were fighting and screaming about a million different things. And I think it was just an overall buildup of Jen's frustrations with Lisa. And the underlying feeling is Meredith can do all these things, i.e. hire a private investigator or say things or do things and then when I do anything remotely similar, I get called out or I it's made a big deal whenever I do these things. Why am I not given the same special treatment? She feels like there is some differentiation of treatment, which is so hard to say because it's not like they're doing exactly the same things at any time. The situations are so nuanced. It was like, I didn't know why she was so upset about that. I think it's just she is so upset with Meredith and she wants Lisa to pick a side. She's over Lisa being so wishy-washy in Switzerland in the middle, which I do understand. And this tension was just mounting, but it was like about what she was trying to get Lisa to say something. And Lisa's like, I don't even know what we're talking about. I think that the issue is that Jen is just so deeply insecure in her friendships. Like, yes, I agree with you. She's really upset with Meredith and she's not thrilled with the way the whole situation went down. But when it comes to Lisa, I just think that was all coming from insecurity. Because if you're not insecure in your own relationship with someone, you don't necessarily care about the way that they are handling things with you as compared to their other friend. But it's almost very middle school with her because she likes you know, everything to be exactly the same. And what I wanted to say to her is, Meredith is not perfect. She's not a saint, but she does not handle things in the way that you handle things. And a lot of her actions have actually been reactionary to some of your outbursts. So I don't know. I mean, Jen just lost me here because I think that for some of this season, it almost felt like her behavior, I don't want to say improved slightly, but it maybe leveled out a little bit more as compared to last year, you know, in some of the Vegas episodes, for example. And now it's like, you're in a confined space, a moving bus with somebody, and you're getting in their face like this. It's just not a good look. It was not a good look. And it really showed just how overall insecure she is, not about her friendships, but all of the situations going on, rightfully so. But it proved where her priorities are so out of whack is that all she cares about is what people are talking about how they view her in the friend group, whose side everybody's on. And even Lisa sort of was saying this in like a roundabout way, like worry about yourself. You have so many bigger fish to fry at the moment. This should not be where your focus is. You, Me calling you out a year ago because I heard you maybe investigate people versus Meredith hiring someone to investigate concrete messages her and her son and other housewives were getting are two completely, there's not even apples and oranges. It's not the same thing. Why are you obsessing about this when you have bigger things going on in your life? And I don't think she could say that as boldly as she would want to, because Jen would then really freak out about that. And she's so insistent, you know, all this bullshit arrest stuff, but it's the truth. Right. It was almost like the 
Teresa Judice situation where even the mention of jail would kind of center. Very similar in terms of Lisa wanting to tread lightly. But the other thing is I really appreciated this confessional from Lisa when she said, it's ironic that Jen's telling me to choose sides right now. I've chosen sides. I've had Jen's back more than anybody else and almost putting my friendship with Meredith on the line. I'm at the point where I'm done. It's never enough. And I guess my stance on this, and I don't know if this is correct or not. It's just like, we know that out of the, anybody in the group, it was for sure Meredith that Lisa valued the most. And so it would have been so easy if she really wanted to just maintain on the most solid ground with Meredith, it would have been so easy for Lisa to completely just cut Jen out of her life. And pretty much the only reason that Lisa and Meredith are even having these issues right now is because she refused to do that. She still was you know, in it to defend Jen. She still was kind of on Jen's team. And so I almost get why she was so pissed at Jen of like, are you fucking kidding me? The most important relationship in this show and one of the most important relationships in my entire orbit is now completely in jeopardy because I'm defending you for shit that you probably did. Right. Like I am literally sticking my neck out for you and it's not even good enough for you. I get it from Jen's perspective. It's not all in, but when you really realize that Lisa is willing to put her friendship with Meredith, which everyone, all they could say is all you care about is Meredith. All you care about is Meredith. Wouldn't you think that Jen would view that as such a compliment that you know that all Lisa cares about is Meredith and here she is risking their relationship and willing to say, no, I'm going to treat you both equally. Like that is the biggest compliment she could give you pretty much. And it's still not good enough. I know. And and I also, as you're talking, I could totally see a counter argument being like, wow, you know, talk about the bar being on the floor. Like, you know, you're just treating us equally. That's really what it is. But I, the reason that I think it's really is a valid argument is because the relationship between Jen and Meredith with Lisa going in, they were never equal. They were completely different starting out. She's always had this serious bond with Meredith. So yes, I do think that her defending Jen or even just being willing to maintain a relationship with Jen when Meredith, who's supposed to be her ride or die, felt as offended by Jen as she did, it speaks volumes. And and I don't mean to say that Jen comes across as unappreciative or ungrateful, because I think that that puts Lisa on a pedestal that she doesn't necessarily deserve, but a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. What else do you want to discuss from this episode? I don't know. I mean, Jen then turns it back to, it's not my fault she fucking had an affair. That's not my fault. Like screaming about Meredith, really trying to pull out every dig she could possibly pull. And it's like, come on, I thought we moved past this. And now she's pulling things out of the closet. It's just, it's so messed up. I am absolutely obsessed with the rumor, which is, I say rumor because that's really what it is. I'm sure that there's zero validity to this, that Meredith and Jen were having an affair with the same guy because I know it's probably not true, but what a fucking plot twist that would be. That would be, well, there's a plot twist coming up in the show that nobody knows what it is. So imagine that that's what they reveal. Well, there was also like a very, very big gossipy rumor. I don't even know if I could say this, but allegedly, allegedly that people were saying there were rumors that Meredith and Jen themselves had hooked up. Yeah, but I didn't believe that at all. To me, that was I like... I don't either, but like, you know, it's fun. Yeah. it's fun to think about. It's fun to think about. I mean, I, the thing is, though, and I know that this doesn't really matter. It's kind of irrelevant to the show. Seth and Meredith were separated. And I think that kind of what she said without actually saying it is that they were able to operate a little bit more freely. So it's less interesting from the Meredith angle as it is from the Jen angle, because if any of this stuff is true, which again, this is all you know, completely just speculation. I know one thing for damn sure that's her and coach Shaw did not have an open relationship. So that would be a far bigger deal than Meredith and Seth doing something while they were separated. I wasn't even thinking about the husbands at all. I was more thinking about the dynamic between the two of them and also who would be like someone that they both like and like what kind of tension or jealousy that creates between them. I mean, wow. I fucking hope that that's the plot twist. I can't imagine a world, I know this is like really, we're speaking about something that doesn't even exist, but I just can't imagine a world in which they'd be into the same type of person. Like I feel like their desires in another person are so fundamentally different. Right. And if whatever like person would be interested in both of them, they're so different. So different. (laughs) I mean, oh, another thing I want to say, because this became like such a thing Basically, Heather was on Wendy Williams while Michael Rappaport was hosting, and he kind of really casually asked her, 
what her thoughts were when she started seeing this fight between Jen and Lisa go down on the bus. And Heather says, my first thought was, you know, get her, Jen. And when you hear her say it, the tone of her voice is very playful. It was not in a physical way. I didn't take it that way. But Lisa tweeted, if you promote violence and say, quote, get her, you've got issues. Hashtag not baby gorgeous. And Jen responded, defending Heather, said, Heather Gay wasn't promoting violence, Lisa. Quote, get her was referring to me calling you out on the double standard and lies. If you want to discuss promoting violence, let's roll footage. Who pushed who? Who said, come on, let's go. But keep that narrative going. It's cute. Yeah. I mean, come on. Like, that was ridiculous of Lisa. Heather was not wishing for Jen to actually assault Lisa. No? No. I just, like... I mean, Lisa's just looking for the opportunity and for the hashtag not baby gorgeous. Wait, the one other thing that I wanted to say to you was actually to all of you guys, <laughs> I <laughs> was at a wedding this weekend and I was talking to somebody who is like a diehard Bravo fan and we were talking about Salt Lake City and it's somebody that I had never even met. And she said something that I just felt like resonated with me so much because it articulated exactly what we've been talking about. She was like, I love this show. I think that these women are all so great as housewives, but I kind of feel like they fumbled the bag a little. She was like, they had it. They had the most ideal storyline. It was drama central. You know, that episode when Jen got arrested and the one after were some of the best episodes of housewives ever. And then it just got so fucking confusing. And when she said they fumbled the bag, I was like, you know what? That is a perfect way to put exactly what our frustration slash confusion has been over the last few weeks. The confusion is really real. It's hard to follow. And I know we've said that, and there were a couple episodes that were such a blur. And I think seeing the reunion back, I hope we get clarity, but I also think it may confuse us even more because the dynamics are such a tangled web. But yeah, I don't know. I think the women, it was almost the women. It wasn't even the show. It was the women having such obviously strong opinions, but also picking their sides and battles with people. It was like, it's just so many things going on and I love it, but also it's a lot. It's a lot. Is there anything else from this week that you want to mention? I think that's it. Should we go to Miami? My favorite ever. Obviously my happy place. Doing your hair has the potential to be such a time-consuming process if you're not using products that really work for you, honestly really work with you. And for me, I'd say generally speaking, my hair is pretty easy to manage, but it does get frizzy. I have a lot of split ends, so I'm always looking for things to manage the frizz. And recently I've been into a new product from Way. It's their anti-frizz cream. So it's a really lightweight cream. It provides immediate frizz control that lasts up to 72 hours and also heat protection up to 450 degrees. You're kind of killing two birds with one stone. And the thing I really like about it is that it helps reduce and repair split ends while quenching dry hair with intense hydration. So you can feel like it just feels good on your hair. For me, I get out of the shower. I always spray in the leave-in conditioner. I've told you guys about that before, but I love it. A little anti-frizz cream and you're good to go. I also, I mean, I love a lot of things from Way, but I like their detox shampoo. I don't use that every week, maybe once a week, maybe once every other week, but I feel like it gives my hair a really, really good clean. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and enter promo code CELEBS for 15% off any product. That's T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com, promo code CELEBS. Have you ever noticed how celebrities have brighter, whiter looking eyes? Their makeup artists have a little secret in their kit. Lumify Redness Reliever Eye Drops. Lumify dramatically reduces redness in just one minute. It literally happens right before your eyes to help them look brighter, whiter, and more awake for up to eight hours. No wonder it's so loved by influencers, celebrities, and makeup artists, and has over 6,000 five-star reviews on Amazon. Lumify is also the number one eye doctor recommended redness reliever eye drop, and it's FDA approved. No bleach, no dyes, plus it's made by the eye care experts at Bausch & Lomb. So whether you're on set, on a date, or running on just a few hours of sleep, you can have eyes that look brighter and whiter with Lumify eye drops. When you try it, you'll see that it's what your eyes have been looking for. Check out lumifyeyes.com to learn more. I'm sure you all are aware of this by now, but just something to announce, Nicole and Anthony got engaged on New Year's Eve when they were in Aspen with their son. He proposed with this ridiculous 10 carat rock and contrary to popular belief for most of the season, they are getting married. I'm really happy for her. 
You could tell she wanted it. It feels like it happened really organically and not a huge push or pressure from her. And I like really, really like her. This episode, we I feel like we got a lot of her and I'm really, really liking her. I like all of them, which is so rare. I'm interested by all of them. No, I really like her as well. I think that she's unapologetically herself. I think she's really smart. I think she's very comfortable with herself, with her career, with her relationship. And to be honest, I feel like when we were discussing her and Anthony in one of the episodes, I found myself being a little hesitant to talk maybe as transparently as I would have if like this wasn't going out to thousands of people because I never wanted it to sound like I think there was something wrong with you know, her not wanting to get married or like, I, I I guess I didn't want to sound like I couldn't believe a world in which a woman could have this relationship and not want marriage. Cause I don't feel that way, but I really did feel like she secretly wanted it. Totally. And she has like the most beautiful house. So that's always a win in my book. We were talking to someone, uh, this weekend, one of our friends, and he agreed with us that out of all housewives potentially ever Nicole's house is the one that we think we would want to live in the most and and also was the most like tasteful tasteful that was I think that was the word we used right yeah just chic beautiful I don't want them to sell it not that it was the most extravagant we've seen some ridiculous houses but when you think about like okay this is great to look at but this is actually the one that I'd want to live in I really think that's coming in it's definitely in my top three for sure for sure right yes okay I fucking love Alexia and Marisol's friendship. Obsessed is doesn't even begin. I, you know how I feel about Marisol, and I love their friendship. It is one of the most genuine, real. It feels like Heather and Whitney. It just feels like a real fucking good, deep, loving friendship. I know, and I also feel like when they're talking. Remember how last week we were saying that when Todd, Peter, and Lexi were having that confrontation, you really felt like a flying on the wall because it was so authentic. Mm-hmm. clearly this is different, but that's how I feel with them as well. Like this is the conversation they'd be having if the cameras weren't there. Yes. And you could tell that Alexia feels Marisol is her safe space. I'm sure this feeling is reciprocated with Marisol, but she just has like less traumatic things going on at the moment. But later jumping way ahead when Alexia is breaking down about the venue of her wedding and like everything. And she's like, Marisol, why can't anything go right? She just wants Marisol to be there. And it's not in like a sidekick shadow kind of way. It's really in like, you are almost my partner. Right. And also I think that she feels like she can say anything to her and it's never going to be weaponized, which is such a rare feeling in a group of housewives. Yeah. I really like Lisa and Nicole as a duo. Like Lisa is growing on me so much. And I think that it was in the premiere we said that it seemed almost like her sparkle was dimmed a little. And maybe I'm off, but I feel like she's getting it back. No, this was Lisa's best episode ever. She was sparkly. She was cute as a mom. She also was really fun and just like outgoing and carefree, which I love. And I think that was such a fun part of her that we liked seeing the first time around. And I got to tell you, Lisa Hochstein dropping $50,000 on the Faina penthouse and then watching her get her Instagram photo on the couch was like watching Monet paint his gardens. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. That motherfucker was doing a lily pond right there. And by the way, housewife all-star behavior. Yes. Also, the other thing that I want to discuss is I'm really glad that this admiration slash adoration and I think kind of just like heightened interest with Julia is something that we're all talking about now, meaning like not just all of us, but also all of the cast. Like this is no longer just an Adriana Julia situation. It's now out in the open that every single person is infatuated by her. And I'm so glad that I can watch it and like fully get it because I am right there with them. When Lisa says my fetish is Julia on the stage at the burlesque show, I'm like, same girl, get in line. I was like, did you listen to our podcast last week? Yeah, exactly. Get a number here. But what I think is more interesting is not even that all the other women, it's Lisa and everybody are so interested in Julia. It's that Julia recognizes sort of how she is as a person. I think that she experiences this all the time with everybody that she's around. It's not something unique to this group. And when she was talking about, it's not about her sexuality, it's literally who she is at her core as a person and that people feel this freedom and comfortability with her. I was like, 
Julia, yes, that is exactly it. That's what we've been saying. People just melt around her and they put their guards down and it has nothing to do with being gay or straight or bi, nothing. It's literally her and her personality and who she is at her core. But do you know how specific of a person you have to be to be able to say what she said in that confessional and have it come across as strictly self-aware and not in the slightest bit conceited? Like you watched that and you weren't annoyed. You didn't feel it was cocky. You didn't feel it was over the top. You were like, wow, this is so cool that this woman can be so honest about how she comes across. And it didn't feel pick me like... So many people could have said exactly what she said and it would have come across as absolutely infuriating. But because you know she's so accurate, you're just more so appreciative of how honest her read of herself is. It's so true. It didn't even cross my mind of, oh, she feel, you know, she's so selfish because how easily she could have been like, I don't know, people are just really attracted to me. I mean, look at her, by the way. Like This is a person who is saying this so genuinely and also happens to be like a model, the most beautiful woman. It, you're right. Hitting that sweet spot of me feeling like she hit the nail on the head and it wasn't annoying and it wasn't anything other than completely self-aware and also just the truth was just, I love her. I really love her. Who, which one is the Disney princess that the animals love? It's it's this Snow Cinderella. White? Is it Cinderella or Snow White or maybe both? All of them. Snow, Cinderella has all the little animals. I think I'm thinking of Cinderella with like the birds chirping. That That is Julia. It's because you're so right. When she said earlier, when she was like, you know, this has nothing to do with my sexuality. It so clearly has nothing to do with her sexuality. And it's almost like the truest example of that is the way that I feel like fucking birds would just flock to her if she was in a forest. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. And like, that's the thing. I think men, I think women, old, young, everybody would feel the exact same way. Yeah. I mean, I know how I feel. <laughs> <laughs> But I also really appreciated Adriana's reflection of why she, first of all, that she feels that she is at all clinging on to Julia and feeling this jealousy, but also because of the state in her life, she's in a feeling lonely. No, I appreciate that. I mean, that's, that's the thing with Adriana. I mean, I happen to really, really like her, but I think that even if you don't, you can appreciate that. And I'm glad that Julia reciprocated that sentiment too. It has felt at times a little one-sided of Adriana really clinging on to Julia, even though they are best friends. But Julia says, Adriana and I are true soulmates. And she was basically saying she doesn't care what anyone else thinks. And to me, I think that was really valuable and also kind of something we needed to hear at this point because yeah. it felt very one-sided. Also, I know that we're kind of jumping around here, but when Alexia voices to Marisol the concerns she's having with the wedding and Gertie, and then they're sitting down and it's the three of them, I don't agree with the way that this went down because I think that if Alexia had concerns, she should have shared them directly with Gertie. I don't really think that going about it with this roundabout way, not that Alexia told Marisol to do this. I think she's just you know loving and feels protective over Alexia. So she wanted to have the confrontation. I think that if I was Gertie, I would have been a little bit pissed because it's like, why are you bringing in this third party? But to me, that dynamic right there was so representative of the conversation we were having a few minutes ago of... Alexia feels so safe and so protected by Marisol and also like she would go to bat for her because even though this was done very gently, this was kind of Marisol's version of going to bat for her, just showing I have your back. Right. I think it didn't come across to me as an annoying like mouthpiece. I think a lot of times, especially in Housewives, one will bring something and say, Emma is feeling this and she wants to tell you this and have a third party sort of do the dirty work. And it didn't feel like that at all. I mean, Marisol did sort of spin it to be like, I'm worried about her. You know, she's keeping me up at night and that is totally a tactic. And it softened the blow a little bit to make it not so much her speaking for Alexia, but I don't know. I think Alexia is just in such a vulnerable place and probably is so stressed out and almost doesn't want to stress Gertie out or doesn't want to be a pain in the ass that Marisol was like, this is ridiculous. I have to take matters into my own hands. And Alexia is really fragile right now. And she felt like it's now or never. Right. And I actually think that Alexia was probably really appreciative of Marisol doing it in this way. I guess I'm just saying that if I'm Gertie, I don't love it. It's, it's not the way that I would want this to go down, especially because she's friends with Alexia. It's not like this is a first time client and she's closer with Marisol. So the conversation coming from Marisol makes more sense. Like I, I got it. And I think that Alexia probably loved this because it took the pressure off of her, but it wasn't necessarily the most mature thing to do. 
No, if I was Gertie, I'd be definitely pissed because I'd be like, Alexia, we have our own relationship and also we're working together in a professional manner. But I but I also feel that just from a couple subtle hints, not in like a really bad way, but I not in like a Carter and Paris Hilton way, because if you're watching Paris in Love, that's completely different. But I think Todd is putting the pressure on Alexia a little bit in saying like, come on, let's pick the venue. What's going on here? Like, I just want to get married. I don't really care about the whole thing. I'll elope, which is what they end up doing because of other circumstances. So I, I think that on top of the stress and on top of everything going on in her life was also a big factor in all of this. You can't just drop Carter in the middle of an episode and not expect <laughs> <laughs> me to get a little verklempt. I, 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 <laughs> I Carter room makes Emma really verklempt. I, I just, oh, I, not my vibe. Not a bad guy necessarily, but just not my vibe. Like if somebody says to me, what is the absolute opposite personality wise of the type of guy that you would want to be with. That is it. You know what I mean? Not Shane Simpson from OC. No, I can't talk about that. (laughs) Who would you rather? Oh, you know, for me, it's Carter every day of the week, strictly because of the height thing. True. No, once Carter started questioning Mindy Weiss and telling her how to put a tent up, that's when I was out. I wanted to be like, let me tell you something, Carter. I saw Mindy Weiss in action a few months ago, and out of any event I've ever been to in my entire life, it blew it out of the fucking water. So we're not going to go No, there. I'm sorry. He's going to question Kathy Hilton and Mindy Weiss in one sitting. That's where I, that's where I said, <laughs> sayonara, sucker. <laughs> that's where we draw the line. <laughs> that's where I fucking, you mess with Kathy Hilton, you mess with me. Yeah, we, we're okay with you now. Now you've gone too far. No, that is literally cause for death. Yeah. Okay, one other thing that I want to mention, actually two. The first is, I really thought that it was clever of them to devise this entire truth or dare game, really for the purpose of just all wanting one-on-one time with Julia, which was- <laughs> Yeah, like Lisa has these little home handwritten cards that say, Oh, someone has to drop an almond in my mouth. Hmm, I'm going to pick the first card in the world. <laughs> and Adriana saying, pick wisely. And she still picks Lisa. I know. I know. I think that, I think it was Julia that made that point in her confessional about how, yes, it's about her, like that, you know, naturally people feel a pull towards her. But I think it's also that they appreciate what she brings out in them, like just this more openness and you know, the sense of ease. And you can tell that everybody just feels a little bit more relaxed when she's around. And it's like a very beautiful quality to possess. Agree. And then lastly, Nicole meeting her father on camera like this was, I felt, I really, really felt for her. It was really stressful. I feel like we'll get more of the sit down next week, but you can immediately sort of get the vibe of their relationship and how she feels about him and sort of her disapproval of him and his lifestyle and also resentment towards him that she's felt for all these years and the way that things have gone down. I was glad to hear that he does have like contact and a relationship with Grayson, her son. But yeah, I'm curious to see how this plays out. And like, I care. I mean, I... I'm interested. That's what I should said. I'm intrigued and I'm interested. And I think... I like how she deals with things, so I'm more excited to watch it. No, I'm on your page. I do care. That's not what I was hesitating on. What I was going to say is if you saw in her confessional, she didn't really get so into this because, like you said, I think the story is going to continue to unfold, but you could tell that she was really crying. Like in that one confessional, her eyes were red, and I know she was a little teary, but I think that this is really, really emotionally taxing on her because you have to remember, it's not like she was running to do this meeting. She just has such a level of respect and devotion to her mom that when it's so important to her mom, I think she feels like, okay, I'm going to make it work for myself. So she already agrees to do this thing that she's hesitant to do. And then it's almost like a total slap in the face, especially on national television. Yeah. Yeah. I thought she was going to hysterically cry the moment he walked in. So I was proud when she didn't. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. Let's wind down with a few minutes on OC. Yes. Yes. Let's talk about something near and dear to our hearts, our furry companions. Life is full of unexpected twists, just like the ones we love to uncover about our favorite celebs. But sometimes those twists involve our four-legged friends. Imagine navigating the unpredictable world of pet parenthood, where every day is a new adventure. Our partner, Spot Pet Insurance, wants to share a message to help make sure you're prepared for any unexpected curveballs, whether it's a sudden illness or an unplanned trip to the vet. Spot Pet Insurance can be your secret weapon against the unexpected. With Spot, you can get up to 90% cash back on eligible vet bills, 
helping you with those surprising expenses that seem to pop up when you least expect them. But wait, there's more. Spot Pet Insurance plans go beyond just offering coverage for accidents and illnesses. You can enhance your plan with their preventive care benefit, ensuring that routine wellness, vaccines, and more can be covered too. Head over to spotpet.com today to get a quote instantly. Trust us, it's the easiest thing you'll do to help secure the well-being of your dog or cat. Visit www.spotpet.com today. Paid ad from Spot Pet Insurance. Waiting periods, annual deductible, coinsurance, benefit limits, and exclusions may apply. For all terms, visit spotpetins.com slash sample hyphen policy. Insurance plans are underwritten by either Independence American Insurance Company or United States Fire Insurance Company and produced by Spot Pet Insurance Services, LLC. Okay, so I want to talk cookware for a second because I haven't told you guys about this company and I recently tried their products and I fully understand the hype now. So they're called Great Jones and they make really high quality, thoughtfully designed cookware that also happens to be beautiful. Like I know it's kind of a weird way to describe cookware, but you'll see what I mean when you go on the website. In terms of colors, they have your classic black and white, but they also have pinks, greens, yellows, blues, just like really vibrant, fun colors. And everything is non-toxic. So they have, you know, Dutch oven, ceramic dishes, non-stick sheet pans. Everything is non-toxic to me. That's huge. And we all know, like, I'm not the biggest cook, but I have my staples. And I got originally from them, the Fry family, which is the eight and 10 inch ceramic non-stick pans. And they're just great. I got them in the white because that matches the best with my kitchen. I love cooking on them. And I also, I know, again, it sounds kind of weird, but I love the way they look in my kitchen. And the thing is, once you get these, you're going to want to get them for your friends. So they make incredible gifts for weddings, housewarming parties, birthdays, whatever occasion you need. It's a great gift. Upgrade your kitchen and replace those old rusted hand-me-downs with bold, beautiful, long-lasting pieces from Great Jones. Get started today at greatjones.com and get an extra 15% off your first order with promo code CBC. That's greatjones.com, promo code CBC. Okay, so I am happy to report that sweet or not so sweet James has been found in Mykonos. How do you feel about that? Um, I feel like Gina also doesn't know where Mykonos is. So there's just a lot to unpack there. What is Noelle's deal? Like, she has to be a big actor. Somebody was, everyone actually was tweeting, like, guys, I hate to break it to you all, but Noella is Bronwyn in a wig. Like, she is Bronwyn. And I, I will say it every week. I don't like the Noella plot. I thought I was into it. I really felt like we both went into this with a very positive attitude, but she lost me. She went too hard, too quick. She, she never had me. She never had me. No, I can't lie. The first episode, I was like, you know what? Maybe this is the type of revitalized energy we need to know see. And she was really dramatic and it was really kind of fun. And there was a lot of boring stuff that was going on last season and I was into it. But now I just, I, I'm over it. I'm sorry. I can't, I can't pretend anymore. And it's sad because- her taking so many unnecessary jabs, even though she copped to all of them as like, well, I was just taking out my you know, frustration or my sadness at you and it wasn't a direct reaction. Like to me, when that happens continually, it starts to chip away at the authenticity of the plot because all of these things for the time being were considered like storylines. So now when all the storylines get taken away because it, it's revealed, as we all know, that it was total bullshit, it's like, so what is the substance here? Because right now we're not seeing it. No, I'm not seeing it. I know. Wait, also Emily was drunk at Max's book launch. You enjoyed her, right? I really did enjoy her. Wait, but... Oh, fuck, I, this, I don't want to say... What's the deal with their marriage? I don't know. Like something like... Wait, something. were you dying though when Noella was like, I feel like you guys have really fucking hot sex. Yeah, I know. I was dying. Then. And when she said, like, you know, the short guys, like, they can get a lot done at once. She's like, yeah, you know, they can hit that angle. Or when um, Emily went to go to the bathroom and she had a hot mic and she's like, come on. He's like, I don't want to see you pee. And she's like, I really need your help. I'll put out when we get home. He's like, does that mean that we can do it? I can do it from the back or something? Yeah, I can do butt stuff. And she's like, Shane. I know. I know. I just can't. Like, it's very fascinating. That's what I'll say. By the way. <laughs> I'm going to say it. We can cut it if we want. You know how we always talk about sex tape we'd love to see? Oh, yeah. I'd watch. Put this one in the box of just curiosity. I got to know. I got to know. We have two columns. If anyone wants to play the sex tape, we'd love to see game. We have two columns. One is fascination or interest, i.e. Emily and Shane. Um, I don't know. We have a lot. We have a long list. It's more of a mental list. We got to write it down. Mm -hmm. And then other is interest plus 
enjoyment, sexual, hot, hottest couple who's ever seen. Maybe like a Kim and Pete, Rihanna and ASAP. That's the kind of sex tapes we would like love to see. J-Lo and Ben Affleck, you know? Yes. Also, everybody knows this by now, but just disclaimer to any new listeners, this is obviously a fictional game. We don't wish for any of these sex tapes to ever be released without their consent. This is all consenting adults. And I have to say that because some people are so fucking annoying when we play this hypothetical game. So (laughs) yeah, the hypothetical game is if you were God and you could spy in a room, if a fly on the wall, who would you be interested or be down to see? Yeah. And I have to tell you in the cat, in the second category of like, this is so hot right now. I'm not saying this is forever. I'm just saying this is right now, me today, right after the entertainment weekly photo shoot came out. It's just Ben Affleck solo slash with anybody. I thought of this game recently, actually that we need to add fictional characters or like movie or TV plots. Because when I was watching the holiday over Christmas, I was like, God damn what I would do to see Jude Law and Cameron Diaz have sex in the English cottage Yes, that is a good one. Thank you. Okay. Let's. That's a really other fun one to have. We have to tell Julie that. Yeah, she'll love that. She will love that. Okay, what else do you want to talk about from this episode? Not too much. Like, absolutely nothing. Noella going to Heather's, there was a lot of back and forth. Heather posted these Instagrams because I think there's some misunderstanding or gossip about Noella coming over to Heather's having to wait in her car and then walking in on this infomercial. It's all very fuzzy, but Heather's sentiment was basically, I have the receipts. I'll see you at the reunion. I don't think their conversation was bad, but I also don't think they made any progress. I think Noella just doesn't like Heather and thinks she's pretentious and also is probably a little jealous. And I think Heather just doesn't really like Noella for a lot of reasons and doesn't like how she handles herself or goes about things, but also feels sort of bad for her right now and doesn't want to go too, too hard on her. So that's where I just think they're going to stand. Not everyone's meant to be friends. I think that Heather is like the record scratch freeze frame. You're probably wondering how I ended up here, meme because I think she cannot believe that she actually has to entertain a conversation with a woman that is acting as delusionally as Noelle is at the moment. I think that Heather is binded by this strictly by her contract. And the second that's up, she would love to never have to speak to this woman again. And I can't say I blame her. No. Two more things I want to bring up, actually. One, I think Jen brought a lot of interesting things into the episode, such as her ex suing her for the gifts that were loans, and it was two days after she got married. And also her weird fucking husband continuing to out-weird himself, changing his name from Ryan to Ryan. Yeah. Um... (laughs) I'm a little confused by him, but I'm, I'm trying. I like, I thought the Brussels sprout obsession was, I don't know, was going to be it. And it was like, oh, ha, he's kind of quirky, but he just, I don't know. What? You mean the fact that he ate two pounds of blueberries while she was in labor? Oh yeah. How, who could forget? You know that we are really in the trenches when they're having a genuine conversation that also carries on to their confessionals about the difference between Ryan and Ryan. <laughs> All right. Wait, you know what I'm the most curious about, I gotta say? <laughs> Last thing is Noella brings Max Dubrow a gift to this party. And we later see, I think it's in Cabo, Heather says something like, You brought my child porn. <gasps> I wanna know what Noella got Max as a gift. My guess is a nude coffee table book, maybe, or something like that. Or what do you think? That was a line in the trailer that really caught my eye. I don't know because, you know, it's not like she would do a DVD or something like that. That doesn't exist anymore. So I don't think it's actual porn. I thought when she first said it, maybe it was like, this may sound really weird, but like, you know, she, she thinks that she's in this phase of her life when she's doing self-exploration. So maybe she got her a vibrator or something like that. But I don't know. Heather is so open and so not a prude at all. Like I know if you would maybe think she's very buttoned up, but she's very, very much not at all. So, like, I don't know what would kind of bother her in that way, but I guess we'll find out. Yes, we will. When they go to Cabo to check on the land that Heather's building a house on. I, you know, like Idaho as much as the next guy, but how amazing for them that they got to go to Cabo. And how amazing that Heather will have both. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Is there anything else in general that you would like to mention? I know we were absolutely fucking unhinged this episode. Yeah, I'm really sorry. Oh, if anyone didn't watch the Project Runway with the Housewives, it is 
amazing television. Like, will make your day, make you laugh. It's a little bit girls' trip vibe. Just a fun, amazing watch. And the last thing that I want to say is, you guys, I am so excited that coming soon, we are back in the Hamptons for Summer House. And that is where I want to be. Yeah. Also, DM us if you want well, we're going to do summer house recaps, but I'm just starting to feel like OC is a chore. And I want to know what everyone's thinking because I feel like we'll do small recaps, but not as in depth as like Miami and Salt Lake and maybe summer house, depending how it goes. Well, I kind of feel like that's what we've been doing with OC though. Like I yeah. feel like we've been spending, you know, 10 we minutes. We just like on. dip our toe. Right. And I don't feel that that's, I mean, it's definitely not being lazy. We have a full outline here. It's just like, what is there to say? Yeah. The content dictates the length. Okay. Now we're just dragging on. I just don't want, I like hanging out. I know. <laughs> okay, we love you guys so much. Thank you for listening. Thank you for letting us do this. I'm sorry we were a little all over the place today, but I just felt like these episodes allowed us to be a little bit more free-flowing, and sometimes that's fun. Yeah. Okay, love you guys. So I'm a big fan of transparency across all aspects of life. Like, Generally speaking, there's pretty much nothing I wouldn't rather be told straight up. But specifically when I'm buying something or paying for a service, I just want to know what I'm getting myself into. And oftentimes there can be so much nonsense or so much yada yada. For example, sneaky terms hidden in the fine print of contracts or bills that randomly go up without properly alerting you or budget airlines with cheap fares, but then exorbitant fees to make up for it elsewhere. And we just should not need to be dealing with this type of yada yada in our lives. And yes, you could read every single word of every single contract, and that's one way of avoiding it. Or you can go with a trusted brand like Metro by T-Mobile that helps you to get ahead and not pull you back. That's right. You don't take yada yada from life, so don't take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro by T-Mobile has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and not a yada yada, which honestly gives so much peace of mind. Like You shouldn't have to compromise for an okay option with sacrifices when you really deserve that full transparency. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide.